Chapter Twelve, Part Two of Kokoro: Hints and Echoes of Japanese Inner Life by Lafcadio Hearn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Twelve: The Idea of Pre-Existence, Part Two, Section Five. The prodigious complexity of the methods by which science has arrived at conclusions so strangely in harmony with the ancient thought of the east may suggest the doubt whether those conclusions could ever be made clearly comprehensible to the mass of western minds certainly it would seem that just as the real doctrines of buddhism can be taught to the majority of believers through forms only so the philosophy of science can be communicated to the masses through suggestion only suggestion of such facts or arrangements of facts as must appeal to any naturally intelligent mind but the history of scientific progress assures the efficiency of this method and there is no strong reason for the supposition that because the processes of the higher science remain above the mental reach of the unscientific classes the conclusions of that science will not be generally accepted the dimensions and weights of planets the distances and the composition of stars the law of gravitation the signification of heat light and color the nature of sound and a host of other scientific discoveries are familiar to thousands quite ignorant of the details of the methods by which such knowledge was obtained again we have evidence that every great progressive movement of science during the century has been followed by considerable modifications of popular beliefs already the churches though clinging still to the hypothesis of a specially created soul have accepted the main doctrine of physical evolution and neither fixity of belief nor intellectual retrogression can be rationally expected in the immediate future further changes of religious ideas are to be looked for and it is even likely that they will be effected rapidly rather than slowly their exact nature indeed cannot be predicted but existing intellectual tendencies imply that the doctrine of psychological evolution must be accepted though not at once so as to set any final limit to ontological speculation and that the whole conception of the ego will be eventually transformed through the consequently developed idea of pre-existence section six more detailed consideration of these probabilities may be ventured they will not perhaps be acknowledged as probabilities by persons who regard science as a destroyer rather than a modifier but such thinkers forget that religious feeling is something infinitely more profound than dogma that it survives all gods and all forms of creed and that it only widens and deepens and gathers power with intellectual expansion that as mere doctrine religion will ultimately pass away is a conclusion to which the study of evolution leads but that religion as feeling or even as faith in the unknown power shaping equally a brain or a constellation can ever utterly die is not at present conceivable science wars only upon erroneous interpretations of phenomena it only magnifies the cosmic mystery and proves that everything however minute is infinitely wonderful and incomprehensible and it is this indubitable tendency of science to broaden beliefs and to magnify cosmic emotion which justifies the supposition that future modifications of western religious ideas will be totally unlike any modifications effected in the past that the occidental conception of self will orb into something akin 
to the oriental conception of self and that all present petty metaphysical notions of personality and individuality as realities per se will be annihilated already the growing popular comprehension of the facts of heredity as science teaches them indicates the path by which some at least of these modifications will be reached in the coming contest over the great question of psychological evolution common intelligence will follow science along the line of least resistance and that line will doubtless be the study of heredity since the phenomena to be considered however in themselves uninterpretable are familiar to general experience and afford partial answers to countless old enigmas it is thus quite possible to imagine a coming form of western religion supported by the whole power of synthetic philosophy differing from buddhism mainly in the greater exactness of its conceptions holding the soul as a composite and teaching a new spiritual law resembling the doctrine of karma an objection to this idea will however immediately present itself to many minds such a modification of belief it will be averred would signify the sudden conquest and transformation of feelings by ideas the world says herbert spencer is not governed by ideas but by feelings to which ideas serve only as guides how are the notions of a change such as that supposed to be reconciled with common knowledge of existing religious sentiment in the west and the force of religious emotionalism were the ideas of pre-existence and of the soul as multiple really antagonistic to western religious sentiment no satisfactory answer could be made but are they so antagonistic the idea of pre-existence certainly is not the occidental mind is already prepared for it it is true that the notion of self as a composite destined to dissolution may seem little better than the materialistic idea of annihilation at least to those still unable to divest themselves of the old habits of thought nevertheless impartial reflection will show that there is no emotional reason for dreading the disintegration of the ego actually though unwittingly it is for this very disintegration that christians and buddhists alike perpetually pray who has not often wished to rid himself of the worst parts of his nature of tendencies to folly or to wrong of impulses to say or do unkind things of all that lower inheritance which still clings about the higher man and weighs down his finest aspirations yet that of which we so earnestly desire the separation the elimination the death is not less surely a part of psychological inheritance a veritable self than are those younger and larger faculties which help to the realization of noble ideals rather than an end to be feared the dissolution of self is the one object of all objects to which our efforts should be turned what no new philosophy can forbid us to hope is that the best elements of self will thrill on to seek loftier affinities to enter into grander and yet grander combinations till the supreme revelation comes and we discern through infinite vision through the vanishing of all self the absolute reality for while we know that even the so-called elements themselves are evolving we have no proof that anything utterly dies that we are is the certainty that we have been and will be we have survived countless evolutions countless universes we know that through the cosmos all is law no chance decides what units shall form the planetary core or what shall feel the sun what shall be locked in granite and basalt 
or shall multiply in plant and in animal so far as reason can venture to infer from analogy the cosmical history of every ultimate unit psychological or physical is determined just as surely and as exactly as in the buddhist doctrine of karma section seven the influence of science will not be the only factor in the modification of western religious beliefs oriental philosophy will certainly furnish another sanskrit chinese and pali scholarship and the tireless labor of philologists in all parts of the east are rapidly familiarizing europe and america with all the great forms of oriental thought buddhism is being studied with interest throughout the occident and the results of these studies are yearly showing themselves more and more definitely in the mental products of the highest culture the schools of philosophy are not more visibly affected than the literature of the period proof that a reconsideration of the problem of the ego is everywhere forcing itself upon occidental minds may be found not only in the thoughtful prose of the time but even in its poetry and its romance ideas impossible a generation ago are changing current thought destroying old tastes and developing higher feelings creative art working under larger inspiration is telling what absolutely novel and exquisite sensations what hitherto unimaginable pathos what marvellous deepening of emotional power may be gained in literature with a recognition of the idea of pre-existence even in fiction we learn that we have been living in a hemisphere only that we have been thinking but half thoughts that we need a new faith to join past with future over the great parallel of the present and so to round out our emotional world into a perfect sphere the clear conviction that the self is multiple however paradoxical the statements seem is the absolutely necessary step to the vaster conviction that the many are one that life is unity that there is no finite but only infinite until that blind pride which imagines self unique shall have been broken down and the feeling of self and of selfishness shall have been utterly decomposed the knowledge of the ego as infinite as the very cosmos never can be reached doubtless the simple emotional conviction that we have been in the past will be developed long before the intellectual conviction that the ego as one is a fiction of selfishness but the composite nature of self must at last be acknowledged though its mystery remain science postulates a hypothetical psychological unit as well as a hypothetical physiological unit but either postulated entity defies the uttermost power of mathematical estimate seems to resolve itself into pure ghostliness the chemist for working purposes must imagine an ultimate atom but the fact of which the imagined atom is the symbol may be a force centre only nay a void a vortex and emptiness as in buddhist concept form is emptiness and emptiness is form what is form that is emptiness what is emptiness that is form perception and conception name and knowledge all these are emptiness for science and for buddhism alike the cosmos resolves itself into a vast phantasmagoria a mere play of unknown and immeasurable forces buddhist faith however answers the questions whence and whither in its own fashion and predicts in every great cycle of evolution a period of spiritual expansion in which the memory of former births returns and all the future simultaneously opens before the vision unveiled even to the heaven of heavens science here remains dumb 
but her silence is the silence of the gnostics siege the daughter of depth and the mother of spirit what we may allow ourselves to believe with the full consent of science is that marvellous revelations await us within recent time new senses and powers have been developed the sense of music the ever-growing faculties of the mathematician reasonably it may be expected that still higher unimaginable faculties will be evolved in our descendants again it is known that certain mental capacities undoubtedly inherited develop in old age only and the average life of the human race is steadily lengthening with increased longevity there surely may come into sudden being through the unfolding of the larger future brain powers not less wonderful than the ability to remember former births the dreams of buddhism can scarcely be surpassed because they touch the infinite but who can presume to say they never will be realized note it may be necessary to remind some of those kind enough to read the foregoing that the words soul self ego transmigration heredity although freely used by me convey meanings entirely foreign to buddhist philosophy soul in the english sense of the word does not exist for the buddhist self is an illusion or rather a plexus of illusions transmigration as the passing of soul from one body to another is expressly denied in buddhist texts of unquestionable authority it will therefore be evident that the real analogy which does exist between the doctrine of karma and the scientific facts of heredity is far from complete karma signifies a survival not of the same composite individuality but of its tendencies which recombine to form a new composite individuality the new being does not necessarily take even a human form the karma does not descend from parent to child it is independent of the line of heredity although physical conditions of life seem to depend upon karma the karma being of a beggar may have rebirth in the body of a king that of a king in the body of a beggar yet the conditions of either reincarnation have been predetermined by the influence of karma it will be asked what then is the spiritual element in each being that continues unchanged the spiritual kernel so to speak within the shell of karma the power that makes for righteousness if soul and body alike are temporary composites and the karma itself temporary the only source of personality what is the worth or meaning of buddhist doctrine what is it that suffers by karma what is it that lies within the illusion that makes progress that attains nirvana is it not a self not in our sense of the word the reality of what we call self is denied by buddhism that which forms and dissolves the karma that which makes for righteousness that which reaches nirvana is not our ego in our western sense of the word then what is it it is the divine in each being it is called in japanese muga no taiga the great self without selfishness there is no other true self the self wrapped in illusion is called nyoraizo tathagata garba the buddha yet unborn as one in a womb the infinite exists potentially in every being that is the reality the other self is a falsity a lie a mirage the doctrine of extinction refers only to the extinction of illusions and those sensations and feelings and thoughts which belong to this life of the flesh alone are the illusions which make the complex elusive self by the total decomposition of this false self 
as by a tearing away of veils the infinite vision comes there is no soul the infinite all soul is the only eternal principle in any being all the rest is dream what remains in nirvana according to one school of buddhism potential identity in the infinite so that a buddha after having reached nirvana can return to earth according to another identity more than potential yet not in our sense personal a japanese friend says i take a piece of gold and say it is one but this means that it produces on my visual organs a single impression really in the multitude of atoms composing it each atom is nevertheless distinct and separate and independent of every other atom in buddhahood even so are united psychical atoms innumerable they are one as to condition yet each has its own independent existence but in japan the primitive religion has so affected the common class of buddhist beliefs that it is not incorrect to speak of the japanese idea of self it is only necessary that the popular shinto idea be simultaneously considered in shinto we have the plainest possible evidence of the conception of soul but this soul is a composite not a mere bundle of sensations perceptions and volitions like the karma being but a number of souls united to form one ghostly personality a dead man's ghost may appear as one or as many it can separate its units each of which remains capable of a special independent action such separation however appears to be temporary the various souls of the composite naturally cohering even after death and reuniting after any voluntary separation the vast mass of the japanese people are both buddhists and shintoists but the primitive beliefs concerning the self are certainly the most powerful and in the blending of the two faiths remain distinctly recognizable they have probably supplied to common imagination a natural and easy explanation of the difficulties of the karma doctrine though to what extent i am not prepared to say be it also observed that in the primitive as well as in the buddhist form of belief the self is not a principle transmitted from parent to offspring not an inheritance always dependent upon physiological descent these facts will indicate how wide is the difference between eastern ideas and our own upon the subject of the preceding essay they will also show that any general consideration of the real analogies existing between this strange combination of far eastern beliefs and the scientific thought of the nineteenth century could scarcely be made intelligible by strict philosophical accuracy in the use of terms relating to the idea of self indeed there are no european words capable of rendering the exact meaning of the buddhist terms belonging to buddhist idealism perhaps it may be regarded as illegitimate to wander from that position so tersely enunciated by professor huxley in his essay on sensation and the sensiferous organs in ultimate analysis it appears that a sensation is the equivalent in terms of consciousness for a mode of motion of the matter of the sensorium but if inquiry is pushed a stage further and the question is asked what then do we know about matter and motion there is but one reply possible all we know about motion is that it is a name for certain changes in the relations of our visual tactile and muscular sensations and all we know about matter is that it is a hypothetical substance of physical phenomena the assumption of which is as pure a piece of metaphysical speculation as is that of a substance of mind 
but metaphysical speculation certainly will not cease because of scientific recognition that ultimate truth is beyond the utmost possible range of human knowledge rather for that very reason it will continue perhaps it will never wholly cease without it there can be no further modification of religious beliefs and without modifications there can be no religious progress in harmony with scientific thought therefore metaphysical speculation seems to me not only justifiable but necessary whether we accept or deny a substance of mind whether we imagine thought produced by the play of some unknown element through the cells of the brain as music is made by the play of wind through the strings of a harp whether we regard the motion itself as a special mode of vibration inherent in and peculiar to the units of the cerebral structure still the mystery is infinite and still buddhism remains a noble moral working hypothesis in deep accord with the aspirations of mankind and with the laws of ethical progression whether we believe or disbelieve in the reality of that which is called the material universe still the ethical significance of the inexplicable laws of heredity of the transmission of both racial and personal tendencies in the unspecialized reproductive cell remains to justify the doctrine of karma whatever be that which makes consciousness its relation to all the past and to all the future is unquestionable nor can the doctrine of nirvana ever cease to command the profound respect of the impartial thinker science has found evidence that known substance is not less a product of evolution than mind that all our so-called elements have been evolved out of one primary undifferentiated form of matter and this evidence is startlingly suggestive of some underlying truth in the buddhist doctrine of emanation and illusion the evolution of all forms from the formless of all material phenomena from the immaterial unity and the ultimate return of all into that state which is empty of lusts of malice of dullness that state in which the excitements of individuality are known no more and which is therefore designated the void supreme End of chapter 12 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine